Welcome to Living Beyond the Book, the show where we help writers move beyond fear, overwhelm, and unhealthy habits into a consistent and productive creative lifestyle. Your host, Emma Boone, is an author, publisher, mom, yoga enthusiast, and recovering blocked writer. She's here to help you unlock your creative potential. Now let's talk Living Beyond the Book. Hello and welcome. As I mentioned in the last few episodes, I want to spend December talking about ways to messy map an outline for a new book. So I know we just passed NaNoWriMo National Novel Writing Month in November, but whether you did that or you're in the revision stage or you're ready to start a new project, I think a lot of people set goals for themselves for January. And I feel like Whether you're revising an existing novel or writing a new one, this will hopefully be helpful. So the last couple of times we have talked about different points of messy mapping, which is getting a loose and messy outline ahead of time. So you have a general idea of where you're going. And I know a lot of people don't like to do that because it feels like it takes away from your ability to be creative. But when you have just the high points of your story, it it makes it easier Um, It's not detailed or overwhelming. It doesn't take a lot of time to put together. It's not supposed to restrict your creativity. It's just a loose outline. And my favorite section of this is the guideposts. And that's the most like an actual outline. That's the closest we'll get. I feel like guideposts is really fun because there's simply the structural highlights of your novel. I like the term guideposts instead of outline or plot because those feel intimidating um, and they seem like they should take a lot of effort or force you to know exactly where your story is going. I believe in the creative energy of when you get in the flow and you organically figure out where your story's going. So I like that aspect of pantsing and I don't feel like having guideposts takes away from that. It just give you, gives you some direction. It's having a basic plan for your book so that you're ready to jump right in so that you don't get stuck with your writing. And first of all, I want to read a, a short story. So in the book called Eat That Frog, 21 Great Ways to Stop Procrastinating and Get More Done in Less Time by Brian Tracy. There's a story that I love and it's about productivity, but I feel like it fits perfectly with um, the guidepost section of Messy Mapping. He says, Many years ago, driving an old Land Rover, I crossed the heart of the Sahara Desert deep in modern-day Algeria. By that time, the desert had been abandoned by the French for years, and the original refueling stations were empty and shuttered. The desert was 500 miles across in a single stretch, without water, food, a blade of grass, or even a fly. It was totally flat, like a broad yellow sand parking lot that stretched to the horizon in all directions. More than 1,300 people had perished in the crossing of that stretch of the Sahara in previous years. Often drifting drifting sands had obliterated the track across the desert, and the travelers had gotten lost in the night, never to be found again alive. To counter the lack of features in the terrain, the French had marked the track with black 55-gallon oil drums every five kilometers, which was exactly the distance to the horizon formed by the curvature of the earth. Because of this, in the daytime, we could always see two oil barrels, the one we had just passed and the one five, five kilometers ahead of it. And that was exactly what we needed to stay on course. All we had to do was steer for the next oil barrel. As a result, we were able to cross the biggest desert in the world by simply taking it one oil barrel at a time. 
I love the image of barrels dotting the horizon. You can't see all of them, that you can see the one just behind you and the one just ahead of you. That's exactly how I feel about messy mapping. With guideposts, you always have a sense of direction. I feel like a metaphor of being lost in the desert is perfect for writers. We often have a great premise or character idea we fall in love with, but then when it comes to putting a story together, it falls apart a bit because it's hard to know what to do with it. Our tracks get covered, we get lost, we get disoriented, and it's hard to know how to move forward. But when we have guideposts, we can always see one step ahead of us. And partially from the productivity book and partially from my own experience. These are the things that I've noticed happen when you have these guideposts. When you know where you're going in your book, you have better momentum. You're not stopping to figure out every piece so you're able to work more quickly. It's easier to get started every day. You're not scrambling to figure out how to fill your blank page. One one example I love is Stephen King. I should have looked up the quote, but he calls it his he calls his subconscious the boys in the basement. So basically, they're always working as he does other things. And if you know generally where you're going, it gives the boys in the basement time to play around with the ideas and come up with places you didn't even know were going to happen. So you have these guideposts and your subconscious is working all the time, whether you're sitting in front of your computer or not. And that's a lot easier to do when you have a general idea of where you're going. Guideposts helps overcome procrastination because you're not as overwhelmed by where to go next. And the feeling of progress gives you more energy and keeps you going throughout the day. So it's easier to get started and keep going when you know where you're going. The work goes faster and smoother. You feel more confident. It's easier to make good progress on your story instead of getting writer's block or bogged down in figuring it out every day, every time you sit down. One of the quotes that I love from Eat That Frog, the book I just read, from is one of the greatest rules of personal effectiveness is the 1090 rule. The rule says that the first 10% of time that you spend planning and organizing your work before you begin will save you as much as 90% of the time in getting the job done once you get started. I love this because I feel I've seen it in my own work, but I feel so strongly that if you spent a little bit of time preparing, I don't I can't tell you how many times I've painted myself into a corner or written a story that had great possibility, but I didn't know where to go with it. And all of that took so much time to write in the first place. And then there was so much more rewriting, where if I have a basic guidepost of where I'm going, then I can write it quickly. And I spend a lot less time in revision. So I'm spending 10% more time up front to get 90% of that time shift in the end. So I really feel like it can be a a huge strong point for your writing and it won't impact your creativity because you're still leaving um, the middle of those guide points. Still in the middle, you can take little detours as long as you keep your eye on the next guidepost. I've mentioned that I feel strongly about guideposts, but that doesn't mean there's always a perfect system. I've jumped around between all kinds of methods to nail down where I want my story to go. I've tried in-depth plotting. I've tried full-on pantsing, but these are five of my favorite ways, and I think they're easy to try if you want to try one of them. Well, the first one, I, I kind of alluded to this when we talked about premise, but my husband took an improv class where they worked as a group. Uh, so the idea was to create an impromptu story. And one person had to start, and then the next person had to build on it with the next point, and the next person had to build on it with the next point. So they're creating this group story, and each person starts in one place, and then the story continues on. But the points were, once upon a time, every day, But then one day, and because of that, until finally, 
and from then on. So I love this because it's such a simple story arc. You have once upon a time, which is your your idea. Every day you're setting the status quo for your for where your character is, what what it is about their life that they want you to know. And then one day, and that's the inciting incident, right? That's what gets you into the action of the plot because something changes from the day-to-day status quo. And because of that, what happens? That's that's where we get into the meat of the story until finally where we have the climax. And then from then on, what happens? So I, it's a simple improv activity, but I think it's genius for storytelling. And it's a really easy way to kind of give yourself guideposts. You can sit down with one sheet of paper and map this out in not very long. And once you know where you're going, it's so much easier to fill in the spaces in between those points. So hopefully that's helpful to somebody. The next one I love is putting my goalposts on three by five cards or on post-it notes, or we'll talk about Scrivener in a minute, but this is where you take what you do know about the plot, what you want to have happen. And maybe that's only two or three things. And you put it on a note card or a post-it note, and you can easily put those, you can spread three by five cards out on the floor. You can put post-it notes on the wall, or I've used a glass, a window or a sliding glass door. You're just putting them out where you can visually see them. And then as you add guideposts, it's easy to move things around. It's easy to play around with. And, and that visual aspect helps jar ideas in your head and help, helps you make connections. I love Scrivener. I, if you don't know what it is, Google it. It's a writing tool. But what it does is help organize your story. It has great character sheets. It, it's good about about giving your story some structure. So I use that a lot. I still like to draft in Word because I like the features of Word where it um, helps you point out where you've misspelled something or I just find that easier. But I'll structure everything in Scrivener. I'll I'll draft it in Word, copy it back into Scrivener, Scrivener. And that's the place where I keep everything organized. But from the beginning, just do it on three by five cards or post-it notes. It's really easy and fun. And it's a fun way to kind of brainstorm and get your, your mind spinning with ideas for your guideposts. The third one is a book called Outlining Your Novel, Map Your Way to Success by K.M. Wyland. And she's really, really intense outlining. She's pretty in-depth. So if that's not what you're excited about, Maybe it's not for you, but if you are excited about it, that's definitely a resource I was rec- I would recommend. But even for me, who doesn't like heavy outlining, I loved it because she asks so many questions. And I feel like that's the real impetus of a good story is asking questions that get you to the next point. So if you want to get to your guidepost, just ask yourself a lot of questions. We talked in a previous episode about the tri-fail cycle and conflict and the hero's journey. And those are great places to get like canned guideposts. You just plug in what you need from your story. And those are great ways to get started, even if you tweak things later on. But just having a general sense of where you're going, I think questions are a really important way to do that. Uh, the The fourth one is beat sheets. Uh, For those of you who don't know, there's a a screenwriting book called Save the Cat, and I've read it and I found it helpful. But even better than that, Jessica Brody wrote Save the Cat for novels. And so she is really great at teaching. She's one of those people that's great at writing and teaching. So I would just go to her website and she has free beat sheets and she has ways to 
apply the beat sheets to popular movies so you can see how they work. But basically you're giving every, I don't know if it's every scene or whatever, but it's 15 beats you have to hit. So those are perfect for a guidepost because you're, it's the same thing. You're giving yourself a high level look at where um, it's those oil barrels through the desert. You're giving yourself a high level look at where you need to go, where you've been and where you're going next. The fifth one, my absolute favorite method for getting guideposts is by Dan Harmon. And for those of you who don't know him, he is the creator and writer of Community and Rick and Morty. And I've, I feel like sometimes if you say Rick and Morty, people are turned off. But, but it, he's a genius storyteller. And his story structure is really cool because it's a circle. And that makes a really fun visual element. And he breaks it down by one, your character is in a zone of comfort two, but they want something, three, they enter an unfamiliar situation, four, they adapt to it, five, they got what they wanted, six, they pay a heavy price for that, seven, then return to their familiar situation, eight, but having changed. So it's similar to the improv structure, but a little more nuanced. And I've read that he does one for each character within each episode, within each season. So he has this really cool visual look at where the whole character arc is going, where the series arc is going. So it's a fun way to do it. And I love this because I just buy a paper plate. You should you should Google it so you can see how it looks. Um, obviously, I can't show you what it looks like on a on a podcast, but um, it's just like a pie and they each have different sections. So I'll just get a paper plate and a Sharpie and draw out the different sections and then kind of play around with filling in those pieces of the pie for my own characters and my own series and my own book. So I think it's a really visual way to do it. I love the visual ways, but it's also fun and simple and makes you think about what your character is doing and what their arc will look like. One thing I thought I would mention, I'm trying something new. I bought the book Romancing the Beat by Gwen Hayes, and it's a story structure for romance novels. And I don't write straight romance, but I love it because it breaks down the romance novel in... I don't think we realize how formulaic a lot of books and movies are. Even really good ones, they just do a better job with the formula and making it invisible. But they all really subscribe to a lot of these same ideas over and over and over again. So I love hers because it breaks down romance novels into these really simple steps. So I'm using it to test it to write a fantasy novel that has romantic subplots and the jury's still out on how well it will work, but her book is fabulous. I really enjoy it. And I feel like it gives me the guidepost without me having to put a lot of thought into it. And that has helped me a lot with this particular story. Anyway, you could Google dozens more. There's um, the three-act structure, the five-act structure, um, the snowflake method, the hero's journey, which we talked about a little bit before. Um, there are tons of ways to plot. I read recently that Suzanne Collins plotted the Hunger Games in a three-act structure. So I think she said there's three different sets of nine chapters. So she, because she was a screenwriter and she learned to plot as a three-act structure, that's how her book played out. So there's a lot of different ways to do it. The important thing is to find one that works for you. There's no set way to do it, but most importantly, have fun with it. I feel like this is the place where you can really play around with your story and brainstorm and throw crazy ideas without boxing yourself in. You can um, play around at this stage and figure out what will work and what won't without having 
30,000 words that lead to a giant plot hole. It's a fun time to experiment and really get an idea of where you want to set your oil barrels as you go through the desert of writing that longer novel. So trust me, if you've ever written 50 or 70 or 100,000 words before figuring out that you have major plot holes and you have to reconstruct the whole thing, then you'll know what a lifesaver this small step can be. It doesn't take a lot of time or energy, and it's a lot of fun. The good news about guideposts or any of messy mapping, but particularly the guidepost, it it doesn't have to be one and done. If you have an overview, you can always tweak it at the high level before spending all the time writing the words. So you can get to plot or guidepost three and realize that you want to do something different. And then it's easy to move around those big pieces instead of redoing your whole book or deleting massive sections. So that's why I'm a huge advocate of at least having a general oversight of where you're going. And if you'll remember the visual of the oil drums through the Sahara Desert, I think that's an excellent visual way to remember um, why it matters. And it doesn't take away the creativity because as I said, you can you can move the guideposts or you can still add spontaneous things as you fill those out. You're only filling in the gaps. You're not um, boxing yourself in. Anyway, I hope you found something helpful in there. Just take one of the methods and try it this week. Brainstorm, dump everything out onto a paper. Use crayons if you want so it makes it less intense. Do post-it notes on your wall. Dump everything into a paper. Just have fun with it. And then when you have enough guideposts to start a story that you feel good about, get started writing. You'll maintain your momentum as you go because you can see that barrel in front of you. You'll know where you're going and you'll be excited about getting there. The other thing I love about guideposts that keeps me motivated to write is that I can write the sections I'm excited about. If there's a kissing scene or a fighting scene or something that I'm more excited about than others, I can start there because I already know what's going to happen. I don't have to go from the beginning to the end. I can kind of jump around and play with things. So I'm a huge advocate of that. And anyway, I hope that was helpful. And thank you so much for being here. And next time we will talk about characters. That's the final final four-part series of our messy mapping, but I think it's also the most important. So join us next week as we talk about characters in our messy mapping. Anyway, thanks so much for being here and I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Living Beyond the Book. Make sure to visit our website, livingbeyondthebook.com, where you can find show notes and connect with us outside the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll automatically get new shows every week. And we'd also really love it if you left a review. Now go write those stories. And don't forget to take care of yourself beyond the book. Beyond the Book.